0: when you're hearing rubbish like this year in year out where the incredible success that these kids are achieving by obtaining these grades and high marks is constantly being belittled it's really demoralizing and it's not fair because i'll tell you one thing that i've learned is trying to get top grades is not easy
1: welcome to a doctor's view with dr polivios a podcast discussing everyday topics in health fitness, and mental well-being, as well as providing an insight into medical life and its challenges. Please note that all opinions of the host and guests should not replace advice from your own doctor. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Hello everyone and
0: welcome to Doctor's View. I'm Dr. Bolivios. I would like to talk about imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is a very interesting psychological phenomenon in a way it's essentially when you believe yourself to be for want of a better word a fraud you don't consider your successes to be as a result of your own merits you believe your success is because you're lucky or that you feel that the tasks you had to do to attain your successes were easy and there are signs that you might recognize like feeling inadequate you deny your own success and you also fear that you're going to be found out and what I mean by that is there's this fear of discovery whereby you hope that people don't realize that you're not that good It's a very difficult thing to overcome. It seems to be that CBT which is cognitive behavior therapy and talking to people is the main way of dealing with this problem as well as teaching yourself to overcome certain thought processes to help you actually own your successes. I believe imposter syndrome happens a lot in medicine and it actually happens a lot in podcasting whereby a lot of very successful shows, a lot of very successful hosts often think they are successful because they had a show out at the right time, right place, and they had the right guest on, or they had that one episode that sent them skyrocketing, and that they're not deserving of the influence that they have and of their positioning in the podcasting world. And when you listen to these shows, you realise that their shows are fantastic, and they deserve all the success and accolades that they can get. So why did I decide to talk about this? Well, I was in the operating theatre a short while ago and we were doing a routine operation. It was an elective case and the surgeon was closing up the, pe- up the case. He was sewing up the patient. And he turned around and said, we should all acknowledge what we've done today. It, it's amazing. And he was in no way trying to be egotistical or self-indulgent. He was being genuine and sincere. And he was addressing everyone from the surgical team to the theatre nurses, to the to the support workers and he genuinely meant it. He said it's a simple straightforward procedure and we do this all the time but this will dramatically improve this patient's life and we just don't acknowledge it enough because we do it all the time. And I thought about that and realised that he had a point. We do a procedure that's routine, we send the patient to recovery and then we send for the next patient and we stop thinking about the previous patient because their care has been passed on to the ward team. And even though this isn't imposter syndrome per se, it did make me think about how we dismiss certain successes. Now, there is also a fine line between acknowledging success and that you've done something good because you're capable and intelligent and skilled and Developing a God complex where you feel you're in control of the other of other people's happiness, and because of you and only you has someone managed to live longer or that you've saved someone's life. And an example of this would be what I would still consider to be one of the most incredible procedures in modern medicine, which is organ retrieval surgery on organ donors for organ implantation, where an incredibly generous and selfless individual has donated their organs after they have tragically passed away and those organs are removed by an organ transplant team and implanted into another patient who's in desperate need of them. And there's lots of things that go into that and I have been involved in one of these operations as an anaesthetist and it's a complex procedure and there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes to make something like this even possible. The logistics and family discussions and the coordination required is unimaginable. And this is a massive thank you to all the transplant nurses who, without them, none of this coordination would take place. They are absolutely phenomenal people. And whilst I've never witnessed this from an organ transplant surgeon, it's very easy for that surgeon to say, I've just saved five people's lives because I've taken five organs from this donor. But you can't really say that because you don't know the outcome. You don't know if the recipient of those organs had them implanted Successfully, they might die of complications post operatively. They might end up with other life changing problems because of the procedure. And of course, it doesn't happen often. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it if the risk of the procedure outweighed the benefits. But at the same time, it's not impossible for it to happen. So you may have inadvertently caused harm. You don't mean to, of course, and you're trying to save that person's life, you're trying to give them a life that they've been dreaming of for many years. But at the same time, it's very difficult and impossible to just give yourself that immediate credit. And it can run away with you. And you see it sometimes where you wish people were just a little bit more humble, shall we say. So, I've got to thinking as to why people might develop imposter syndrome and I got back to thinking to school days and for those who aren't in the UK we have a system where we have GCSEs and A-levels. These are the exams you take before going to university and they determine whether you get a place or not and every year when I was growing up waiting to sit these exams and even the year that I did actually sit them and the subsequent years. When you follow the news I I read the same articles and saw the same interviews each time. And it was always people of an older generation saying the exams are much easier this year and nowhere near as difficult as when I was young. And uh, when we took them, you had your headmaster walk around the exam hall, smack you around the head with a cricket bat every 15 minutes just to keep you on your toes. And when you're hearing rubbish like this year in, year out, where the incredible success that these kids are achieving by obtaining these grades and high marks is constantly being belittled. It's really demoralizing and it's not fair because I'll tell you one thing that I've learned is trying to get top grades is not easy. It requires commitment and a lot of dedication and even though yes I will acknowledge that exams may have an easier line of questioning than they did in the past. The one thing they don't talk about is the fact you need much higher grades and in more subjects than you ever did before. You could get into medicine for example without an A in one of your subjects at one point. You try that now, you won't even make the first stage of the application process. They won't even look at your application. I've lost track of what you need now, but it's something like four A stars and you know another entrance exam and things that are even beyond what I did and that wasn't even that long ago. And if you think that these people somehow got four or five A's, stars at A level without working hard and didn't deserve it. Not a chance. Absolutely not a chance. They work their guts out. And if you're constantly giving this message to young pupils, it's not going to bode very well for them. And the same thing carries on at university. Oh, university was much harder back when I was there. Yes, I'm sure it was. But also life is different now compared to what it was. Before you had one job, to study and you're virtually guaranteed a good job at the end. You try and do that now whilst trying to cope with all the different stresses that modern life has to give you, be it the chance of unemployment which is very high afterwards, the rising cost of living, the fees of universities which are just verging on ridiculous And the pressures that young adults and children and teenagers must go through now on top of exams, in part thanks to the monumental rise of technology and social media, the constant fear of causing offence to someone. And if you do succeed and obtain a good degree and a good job, there's always someone on Twitter to shut you down with a generic message of social justice. Oh, it's because you're from a privileged background or because you haven't had to give birth or because you've never fitted into an oppressed stereotype in all your life. So of course you're going to succeed. You know, never mind if you've spent all your time buried in books and working night shifts at bars or in a hospital to try and pay your way through university. That doesn't count. I hate Twitter and I can't stand comments that aim to dismiss meritocracy and the hard work of others. But that's another podcast in itself. It's also worth noting that imposter syndrome can really affect you in a high-powered profession or position where you're surrounded by successful people. And I'm, I'm going to talk about medicine because it's something that I know and it's an environment that I know well. And it's very, very unusual that you'll be perceived by the general public to be a failure if you're a doctor or if you've chosen something in a medical field. It's just not really heard of, at least not to my face. But I believe there's a lot of medics who still feel like they're a failure because they're surrounded by these hyper successful people people that have passed exams become consultants become professors reached a level in their training where they might be struggling to get to or they can't get the same number of operating cases they can't get the same interaction with patients it can very easily turn into a spiral into this sense of really feeling like a failure and feeling inadequate in your job and it's only because you're surrounded by like i say these these hyper successful people that you can feel like this I do want to say to anyone who is listening who is perhaps a junior doctor struggling to get to the point where they want to be, or they're feeling intimidated perhaps by seniors because they're in a position that they're trying to get to, just because you may be struggling now to achieve that goal doesn't make you a failure at all. You've still achieved a lot. You're surrounded by these very successful people, and everyone works on a different time frame, and just because you're not where you want to be yet doesn't mean you won't be. and just keep trying keep going. It doesn't make you a failure. You probably have lots of skills that others do not. And this doesn't just revolve around medicine, it includes other professions as well. And it's mainly other professions that research has been done. And I do know that imposter syndrome affects women more than it does men for a number of different reasons. And it's important to acknowledge imposter syndrome because the nature of it means you don't really realise you have it. And this sense that you're not good enough can very easily hinder you in your progression and your future endeavours. If you're constantly thinking that you're not worthy of a position that you're in, or you're not deserving of a certain job title, you're not deserving of a certain exam result, it's not going to bode well for your self-esteem. And it does, in a way, give off a certain impression to you about other people. It can, for example, make you seem less confident. And it might stop you from wanting to apply for that different job, that higher position, because you've got that fear that you're not good enough. There is One characteristic that seems very common with people with imposter syndrome, and that's perfectionism. Not sure why, but there is this common trait, and you see that in medicine where many doctors have this level of perfectionism where they haven't done something perfectly, so they think they're not successful. So, for example, if you get 90% in an exam, you're seeing yourself as a failure or not deserving to pass because you didn't get 100%, say. And that's a very difficult thing to try and overcome because. This is behavior you've been practicing for a very long time. And ironically, it's probably why you're actually in a very successful position to begin with, because you have such high standards. So it's a balance. Very recently, I took part in a webinar uh, with Doctors in Distress, the charity that we've spoken about before on the show. And something was brought to my attention as a consequence of discussions. And I thought it'd be worth mentioning in in this podcast. And that is, there is definitely room for a discussion about burnout and about stresses in the workplace as a consequence of being given a really high accolade and a really profound label. And the example I'm going to use is, after the first wave of COVID, which for me was by far the worst out of all the waves personally speaking i was given along with everyone else in the trust and as far as i'm aware along with everyone else who worked in the nhs in uh, around the country a lovely card and in that card or on the front of the card was a heart and in that heart within it was the words thank you written in every single language you could possibly imagine, as many as would fit in this heart shape. And it's a lovely, lovely card. And I've also had mugs given to me that say NHS Hero on them, um, or badges that say NHS Hero. And I've never brought myself to ever wearing these badges or um, drinking from this mug even, because... In a way, I can't bring myself to uh, feeling like a hero. And the reason why is because I don't feel I did anything different to anyone else in the country, anyone else who worked in healthcare around the world. Everyone grouped together and did their job. We all had different jobs, we all had different roles, but everyone was suffering. Throughout the same problem. Even people who weren't in the healthcare service, everyone had their own battles and everyone was their own hero in a way. So it's strange. It's a lovely, lovely gesture and it's meant in the nicest possible way as a way of saying thank you and a way of acknowledging that this isn't exactly what you signed up for, but thanks for stepping up. And It's just a thought that if you're being labelled as a hero by so many people and you don't obviously believe it yourself, you might be less likely to come forward with problems because heroes don't have problems. It's a small thought but it's one that is worth a discussion at some point and I will talk about that probably more in the future. I don't Actually, know how to fix this. And I apologize to anyone listening to this thinking that they're going to get a solution. I, I don't have the answer for imposter syndrome. I tried to find the answers, and there was a problem when I was looking up the answers. I came across a lot of people, and I was trying to work out whether I should bring an expert on the show. Should I invite someone to talk about this? Because I don't really know very much about it. And I didn't want to because I was looking at these experts about imposter syndrome and I just didn't have very much confidence and faith in a lot of them. And I didn't know who to trust because one thing I've learned with podcasting is you get a lot of people write to you wanting to be on the show perhaps or wanting you to acknowledge something they've done. And there's a lot of people who feed off the unfortunate situation of others and capitalize on their desperation for help so I do believe there's a lot of charlatans out there who are these self-proclaimed self-help gurus, shall we say, imposter syndrome gurus. And I just didn't know who to believe. I didn't know who to trust and I didn't want to start writing to people and get someone on the show to essentially, at the end of the day, sell you a book that they've authored or make you listen to a webinar and charge £250 for it, whatever it might be. So I thought the best way to go about it was just to be honest and say, I don't know the answer of how to deal with it but from a pragmatic perspective, and I've done some reading, and I do know that people have said the best thing to do is to try and acknowledge your feelings, try and talk to others and try to develop a plan for being able to deal with this in the form of a coping strategy. And then I thought the best way of doing that is probably along the lines of CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy, which might work for some, and it might just be a good starting point for others on this journey. And it's worth trying to get a referral to a professional therapist, just someone who can you can talk to. They might not be able to give you the immediate answer, but if you're finding yourself in a situation where you feel more stressed than you should be, you're feeling a lack of self-belief, an overwhelming element of doubt and inadequacy, it could well be imposter syndrome. But you won't know until you talk about it or do some research and do a bit of self-reflecting and acknowledge it or even dismiss it. Whatever the answer is, you can go about Speak in someone about it and seek help from a professional and do your research on that person. And, like I say, the internet is full of interesting characters. And the last person you want to see is someone who's probably bought half of their doctorates and titles online. And I'm going to charge you a lot of money to literally tell you nothing that you haven't heard a million times before likely from inspirational quotes that you get from Instagram and Twitter, often written by people who are never going to heed that advice, but post it to fuel their narcissism with likes and follows and an even more cringeworthy comment section. So just be careful and seek help from a professional and your doctor can advise you on this. If you're a worker in the NHS in the UK, you may be eligible for free help and CBT. So it's worth having a look at that. And with that, I will leave you. As always, please look after yourself and I will join you again next time. I'm Dr. Bolivios. Goodbye.
1: Thank you for listening to A Doctor's View. If you're enjoying the show, please don't forget to subscribe or follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting platform so you don't miss a future episode. If there are any topics you would like considered for the show, please get in touch via email at adoctorsview at gmail.com or visit adoctorsview.uk. And be sure to follow the show on Instagram at adoctorsview for some behind-the-scenes posts. See you at the next episode.